first guest today on FT Live for the first time on this show, Adam, Adam Adovino joining us right now. I've known him for years and great to have a reliever on when there's some reliever action going on over the last few days. Adam, we appreciate the time. Good to see you, dude. And I know you probably have heard the last couple minutes here. I just want to clarify. I mean, I know you pay attention to this show here and there, but I like most of the signings that occur just for, for me, for this particular signing, it's, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, just as much to do with where the team's at. What do you think of this deal? And also what it says for the free agent reliever market though, when someone like this gets this kind of coin. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Um, yeah, no, I was curious to see what Stevenson would get for sure. You know, he was dominant down the stretch last year. Um, changes Arsenal up a little bit, went to that harder cutter slider. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you're always rational with every free agent, you're probably not going to get him, right? So I think the Angels had to stretch a little bit to get a guy that they believe in. They believe in the changes, and they think he's going to strike a lot of guys out probably. Adam, hey. before I get into anything else, I have to ask you this because we've had this conversation. I just want to know. I did your playoff series when you were at the Rockies, and, and we were calling you Ad, Adam Ottavino, and they are like, that's not how you say it. Can you please tell me how to say your last name because – the Rockies PR guy had a fit over the way David Cohn and I were saying it on TV. It's just Ottavino. Yeah, Ottavino. <laughs> what, what were they know. saying to you, dude? <laughs> they were like, that's not how you say it. And we're like, is it Adam Ottavino? Is it Adam Ottavino? How are we supposed to say it? And I think I went up to Adam and I go, how do we say your last name? He goes, I don't give a shit. So just say it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. People have been getting it wrong, but it's straightforward. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, not, nothing fancy in the name. It, it works that way. So, Adam, how's the offseason going for you? I know, obviously, you're still figuring out the team situation right now, but what can you tell us about what you've experienced? And you've been through this song and dance before. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, it's like middle school, right? You know, you, you get past the note early on, like, we like you maybe a little bit, and then you don't hear from them for a while. So um, that's always been my experience in free agency. Um, there's been more chatter kicking up a little bit recently with the uh, action in the reliever market, but um, nothing really uh, burning at this point. So, you know, you just kind of go about your business normal. Um, for me, it's just baseball training and uh, hanging out with my family and doing family stuff. And that's about it. Uh, I want to ask you um, a question about your pitching style, man, because I remember every time I faced you, I knew you had that nasty, I don't even know what you call it, like a fastball slurve action. It's one of the nastiest sliders. I don't know if that's what you call it, I've ever seen. How'd you develop that for one and for two? Even if I was sitting on it, it came out hot like a fastball. I got one pitch to hit off it, and I drove one to right, and I thought I hit a homer, and that was basically a pop fly. So how did you develop that? Is something that just happened over the years? You just started throwing or tinkering with your different uh, arm slots? Yeah, uh, growing up, I threw like a big curveball kind of like a slurve. And um, when I was in double A, nobody was really chasing it. And I lived with all hitters in the minor leagues. And so a lot of them were saying, you know, they're just seeing it pop up out of your hand. So maybe if you can start something a little bit more on plane, um, you get a little more chase with it. So I just kind of tried to tilt it. Instead of going up down, I tried to make it go right to left. Um, and my arm slots a little lower than other guys. So you know, I guess you would call that a sweeper. And I get, I was one of the first guys kind of like throwing that in the mid 2010s. And I just saw success with it and just wrote it as long as I could. What was that like? It was, it was not fun. At not all. fun? No, no, it was, it was disgusting. Whenever he what came in, it? it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> Adam, weren't you one of the first guys to I do remember when you hit that ball to the, to the fence. Yes, exactly. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, driveline, yeah. So um, after 2017, I had a tough year. And I wanted to, like, really improve myself between 17 and 18. So I had bought one of those cameras where you can kind of see your hand in slow motion, the Edgertronic camera. And I didn't know how to use the thing, so I flew out to Seattle because I knew that they were using them. And I went and worked there for a few days, kind of learned how to, what I was looking to do with the camera. That way I could bring it back to New York and, um, you know, kind of fix myself over the next couple months. So that was the first time that I went there and just kind of picked their brain a little bit and was able to kind of implement what they were doing into what I was doing back at home. Hey, let me ask you this. I know this is going off topic, but what, what are we cooking back there? I could see uh, somebody's brewing something not making me hungry. Yeah, I got Kelly back here. She's uh she's making turkey tacos right now. Oh, um, nice. I had some minestrone soup just a minute ago. So we're eating good. We're eating good. I feel oh, like that ups his free agent value, you know, if I'm watching, <laughs> right? Because front offices watch, they're like, dude's eating well, you know, he's taking care of himself, he looks good. So I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> awesome. Um you, oh, Adam, ahead, when you, no, when you when you saw Stevenson's contract, were you like, Yes, keep Keep these relievers getting these big contracts. Hater too, because the relievers now are getting paid, not like starters, but they're they're getting closer and closer every year. Yeah, well, I mean, in theory, uh, I want everybody to get as much money as they can. I want to keep the market, you know, churning, and I want, um, you know, they keep getting pushed higher and higher and higher. But you know, I understand where I am in my career relative to a guy like Stevenson. You know, I'm 38, so I'm not getting three year deals at this point. So I don't get like over the moon excited, but I am happy that, um, you know, the guys have done well that have gotten deals so far. I want to, I want to ask you a question about playing with the, in what I consider, and AJ won't agree with me, but three of the biggest teams to ever, you know, in, in major league baseball, you play with Boston, you play with the Mets, you play with Yankees and the Northeast. That's a, that's a monster deal here up here. I mean, you, the big three dragons. So can you compare those to each other? Is there one that you're like, man, this blew me away. Um, they've all been great. Um, I caught the Mets in the Steve Cohen era, so I didn't get to see it prior to that. So I would say like growing up, you know, the Yankees always had certain expectations and the Mets maybe were under that. And I think that's more of an evolving situation now where, you know, the Mets have huge expectations now and are starting to get a little bit more on par with the experience of playing on the Yankees, you know, Red Sox that's been there ever since they started winning. So, yeah, I mean, all three are kind of similar in that the fans demand a lot. And um, those are teams that typically go out and act like the big boys and spend the money. I know Boston's not right now, but um, typically that's the way that those teams operate. And those are the teams that I always wanted to be on. Those are the stages that I wanted to pitch on. I will say, you know, the first time uh, the first team of those three that I was on was the Yankees. And when I became a Yankee, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because it was way different than what I experienced previous. And um, it was just really exciting to feel like people were hanging on every pitch. Okay, so you said those three, and I agree with Todd. Those are the probably the three biggest markets in all of baseball. Maybe you throw in LA, but they're one of the, they're the three you know cornerstone franchises in MLB. Which one was your favorite? Um, whew. I mean, I like them all for different reasons. I will say uh, I had a great time with the Mets the last two years. Um, last year didn't go as well as we wanted it to go, 
But um, I really like what the Coens are doing there. I really think that they're going to build a sustainable winner there. I really do think that the Mets are going to be a force to be reckoned with um, over the decades to come. And, um, you know, I do like the direction they're going in. Um, Boston, we got almost to the World Series. So that was a heck of a season. And Yankees uh, in 2019, we got almost there too. So, you know, from a winning perspective, those, those places, I got a lot closer to the end goal. And that was really exciting, but also a really big heartbreak to not, to not get the job done. I want to kind of piggyback off the Mets a little bit and talk about Kodai Senga. What have you seen from him? Uh, he's a guy that everybody was talking about. He came in, had an excellent season. Um, just one of those guys where it's like, hey, we don't know what to expect. We know how good he can be. Can you talk a little about Kodai and what you think, you know, moving forward will happen with him? Yeah, Kodai's a beast. I mean, uh, physically, he can throw up to 100, you know, kind of shape the ball anyway. He, um, he's an absolutely incredible athlete, which is something that I didn't really know about him until I played with him. The thing that impressed me the most about him this season, though, is just the adjustments he made. When he came over, I think he was still trying to figure out the ball, still trying to figure out his routine, still dealing with a little bit of that intimidation of the major league hitters um, because it is different than in Japan. But once he got his feet under him, I mean, he didn't really look back. He threw more strikes. He attacked guys with more confidence. And once you can get to that fork ball, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He's going to end the at-bat right there with that pitch because um, nobody was really hitting it. Um, I think I think that pitch alone kind of keeps his ceiling super, super high, and all the other adjustments are going to keep him, uh, you know, as a guy that's going to be consistent going forward. Okay. <clears throat> You're still a free agent. There is a ton of big-name free agents still out there, right? Cody Bellinger, Chapman, yourself, right? All these guys that are, that are big-name guys. Why are there so many free agents left? We're June or sorry, January twenty second. Spring training starts in about three weeks or little, you know, around there. Why are there so many of these guys still left out there and not signed, including yourself? Well, I think there's two answers. I think for the big guys, I think it's that's like a totally separate category where they're trying to make sure they get the right deal. This is like their big bite at the apple. I think Scott. Uh, Boris might be slow playing that a little bit, trying to get the right fit for each of his guys. I think for everybody below that, I think the modern analytics have done a nice job for the teams of kind of jumbling everybody together um, where they don't maybe care as much which guy they're getting, which is a little unfortunate for me to feel that way. I feel like they just kind of, oh, you know, they're all within a half a war, projected war of each other. We'll kind of take whoever. And we know collectively that the longer we wait, the more antsy guys are going to get and prices will come down. So I don't know if it's – I don't think it's coordinated. I just think it's teams just kind of understand the system where the longer they wait, maybe the more it could benefit them in the end. Adam, at this point, most teams have similar resources in terms of analyzing free agents you know, and putting numbers to them like you just did, right? Do you feel like we're at a point where that's not much of an advantage anymore? And I'm not saying like, oh, you know, we should just – Ask the scouts what they think. But I, I feel like the blend isn't there for most of the teams and they're making a mistake. And when we keep talking about certain GMs like Alex Anthopoulos going for it early in the offseason, picking certain guys, maybe not just focusing on what their war number looks like. Dombrowski's always usually aggressive. I feel like that conversation in our game is getting overplayed. Oh, these guys are a half a win of war apart from each other. But But who do you like better? And if it's that much of a difference in your life, like a million bucks or two, like I, I just feel like we're not looking at free agency the right way anymore. 
I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. I think there's a lot of nuance that's lost in the game. You know, just because, you know, your expected numbers are one are one way, that doesn't mean that the pitcher doesn't reserve the right to make some adjustments of his own and improve and beat that. I think a lot of times teams find comfort in the numbers because they can point to that later if a mistake happened and said, well, you know, this was well thought out, you know, statistically. And I also think that it gives them some sort of feeling of certainty where, you know, if everybody just paints by numbers with our system, then we kind of know what to expect. But I do think that there's a whole part of the game that was kind of taught before all these numbers came in where guys were making adjustments on the fly, where, you know, maybe thinking on a little bit of a different level and can kind of, you know, find ways to get outs that aren't so cookie cutter. And I think, you know, for a guy like me, that's something that I've been fortunate in my career to kind of see both of it. Obviously, I embraced the numbers early, but I also was around in the time where we were doing a lot of stuff with our eyes. And I do think that, you know, some of the traditional scouts that have been pushed out of the game by certain organizations, I, I think that's a mistake because those guys are picking up on things and um, learning. They know stuff about players that the numbers can't show. I'm with you, dude. Well said. So we're getting a lot of fan questions and feedback. I'll mix this one in because a couple of them pointed out. So you had the player option, right, for after this season? Yes, I did, yeah. Okay, so what went into that? How does that go? And hey, it's still millions of bucks. Obviously, you'll you'll beat that, I'm sure, this offseason. Is it kind of baller to be like, meh, I don't need your six mil. I'm going to get more than that. No, I mean, to be clear, like I, I wanted to stick with the Mets. It is the best situation for me, um, you know, being a New York guy. I love my time with the Mets. It's just more of a function of <clears throat> at the moment I had to make the decision there's just so much uncertainty with the team. They hadn't hired a manager yet. There was no coaching staff. They hadn't gotten any free agents yet. We kind of scuffled down the stretch. Um, there was this narrative that the team wasn't going to try to compete this year. Obviously, I'm not getting any younger. Try to talk to David Stearns and get a little certainty on my end, which obviously, you know, he's going to play things close to the vest. That's the way that uh, front offices operate, and I totally understand that. Um, but from my perspective, I just didn't feel 100% um, I just didn't feel 100% certain of what direction the team was going to look like you know come spring training this year so in that moment um, I also had a lot of deferred money in my contract for this year in that moment it made sense for me to test the waters and um, you know I'd still like to be back there or um, but my mind is open to lots of different outcomes this time around um, I feel like I'm like on a year-to-year -year basis at this point with my age and everything so I just don't want to sell myself short. I've still never won, and I would like the opportunity to do that. I want to talk about this pitching lab you got in Harlem here. Um, talk to us. That rent's got to be sky high over there, man. How's that going? And uh, <laughs> tell us about the boys here in the Northeast. What's up with that pitching lab? Yeah, I mean, like I uh, had mentioned earlier, coming out of 17 when I went to driveline, um, that was that same offseason where I knew things needed to change. As Todd, I'm sure you know, it can be tricky up here to get your work done, you know, especially as yep. a pitcher. You're, where do you throw, you know? But um, at that time, I had nowhere to throw. Ended up getting this space in Harlem, thanks to my father-in-law. And, um, you know, he, he kind of, they kind of run the building there. And luckily, nobody's kicked me out yet. But um, it's just a good place to throw. And I've tried to be a resource to the other guys in the area who are having the same problems as I am. So we throw bullpens out of there. We pick each other's brains. We try to get better. And um, ever since I've been doing that, um, you know, it's been a blessing for me. 
it's been really big for me in these off seasons because I've been able to make some actual changes instead of just uh, crossing my fingers and hoping I can do it in spring training. Well, if you ever need get your confidence up, just send the car service my way and I'll drive <laughs> up for the day, okay? <laughs> no worries. Oh, that'd be great. You're welcome anytime. All right, good. You should go check it out because you've got your to. own lab here. I would love to, yeah. Right? No He's doubt. got his. I think that his – because this is – fans were asking. They were like – I mean, you don't have to give the exact, but they were like, is the rent crazy because it's still in New York City? Like, is it hefty up there or you got a good deal? I got a good deal because I don't pay any rent. <laughs> um, pot, I had to give a Nolan Aaron might be in the construction bad. business. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give a uh, Nolan Arenado signed bat at the beginning, and there's been a couple other autographs that had to go his way throughout the years. And I know that they might pull the rug out for me any any day now, and that the, the lab will be done. But um, I've been really lucky to keep it for five or six years, and um, I mean it's just been awesome. Um, just trying to make the most of what we got. And thankfully I have people in my corner that are helping me out. Dude, that's awesome. I love that. All right. So the topic that we're going to get to later here that's dominating among the fans is Anthony Rendon said he wished the season was shorter. Obviously he's going to get shit because he hasn't played a lot recently, but I want to steer it more towards that actual topic. Do you think that the major league season is too long and that the sport could benefit from a few less games. Obviously we know it's a business. So the idea on my side, at least is you make up for that maybe with a little bit more on the playoffs, like make the first round of best out of seven, do a little bit of tinkering there. But what do you think? And just in general, if you're putting on your commission hat, your CEO hat, what are you going to do? Me personally? No, I don't, I don't think the season's too long. I, I think that, the, the difficulty of the schedule is kind of what makes baseball different than the other sports, you know, having to do it day in and day out and post when you're not feeling good and find a way to impact uh, your team on a daily basis and collectively make it through that six months. And then on into October, I think that challenge is that's the challenge that I always have signed up for. Um, it's kind of in my, in my opinion, that that is kind of the, um, that's the real challenge of the game is just finding a way to, to be good year after year, game after game for a really long time. I understand it's not everyone's cup of tea, but to me, baseball exists kind of as a companion to a lot of people. It's there for them every night, um, eight, seven, eight months out of the year, if you include spring training in the playoffs and, uh, for it not to be there, I think it would be a very different sport. Okay. I like it. Um, by the way, mixing just a couple more things before you jump um, from fans. Uh, Jacob said, Adovino being a Adovino, you're screwing me up, AJ. Being a switch hitting pitcher doesn't get talked about enough. Are you a switch hitter? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have two hits in the big leagues: one lefty, one righty. So that's my claim to fame. I wouldn't look up the rest of my numbers; they're not pretty. But I do have a hit, lefty <laughs> and righty. Oh, shit. I did not know that. That's cool. And then one more baseball-y question from Mike wants to know what you and other pitchers can do this offseason to work on adjustments to stolen bases because, obviously, we knew it was going to be a thing. I don't know if anyone expected it was going to go up 40%. Did you? Oh, Todd Father. Good. Yeah. We could show him. Yeah, tell, <laughs> tell a lot of, you know, you could tell. Yeah, I said there I was going to be a couple over 70. <laughs> he also said, he also said I mean, four and a half know, inches was I, huge. <laughs> um, I mean, I knew it was going to be a problem. It's been a problem for me already before the clock um, and before the limited amount of pickoffs. Last year, it did. It was frustrating. 
Um, in the past, I was always able to like, if I really needed him to not go, I could pick off six, seven times, hold the ball till somebody called timeout, get booed a few times by the crowd and kind of keep him over there. Um, but they've really killed my ability to do that now. So this is the first off season I've had to kind of confront this problem. And I've done some deep dives. I've kind of figured out, you know, what do the good guys do that keep the runners close? And um, yeah, I've been working on all of those adjustments uh, every single time I'm throwing, hoping to get a little bit better at that. Because for me, that's one of the weaknesses in my game that I know people try to exploit uh, against me and certainly against other guys. And I don't think that problem's going away. I think it will only, uh, I think teams will only be a little more bold with it this year. Adam, two questions before we let you go. Who's, well, it's kind of going to be three, really. Who's more <laughs> nervous right now that you haven't signed, you or your wife? Me. Oh, <laughs> really? That's a good wife, then. Yeah, she's good. She's good. She uh, she takes it in stride, and um, if she's nervous, she's definitely not letting on. Okay, and then is there a date when you will start really getting nervous? Because then my next question is going to play off the date factor. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get nervous because I've I've – you know, I, I feel like no matter what happens, I'm good. Um, but at the same time, um, I did sign like March 3rd or March 4th in the lockout season with the Mets. And I was able to have a good spring training, a good season from that point on. So until it gets into that territory, uh, I'm not going to worry about it at all. Okay. And then finally, uh, it's January 22nd. We already talked about that. <laughs> Over your shoulder, there is a Christmas, Christmas wreath still up. What is your limit on Christmas yeah. decorations? Because we have this fight on FT all the time, when to stop saying like happy new year i say like less than a week afterwards but you know it's been almost a month since christmas so you keep your leaf up all year long you keep doing you <laughs> well we've been trying to get the christmas stuff down but we have so much christmas stuff in this house that it hasn't been easy and you know it's <laughs> old man Ottavino who's the one that's carrying everything up to the attic so uh <laughs> Once, once I get myself together, it'll all be gone. But these are kind of the, one of the last things that I need to do. <laughs> I like that. Well, then on that note, Adam, we appreciate having you on, dude. Good luck through the free agency period. I'm sure it'll land in a great spot. And if you don't mind on the way out saying bye and a happy new year to AJ, that would be great. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> happy Hanukkah. I've been, uh, I've been watching you guys a lot. I think you guys are great. So uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Adam. Really appreciate it, dude. Welcome anytime. And you're one of the best interviews in baseball. You know that. But uh, we'll talk to you soon, dude. We'll see you in spring training. Thanks. Adam Adovino with us on FT Live. Good stuff there. Yeah, obviously, as soon as someone pops Solid. up with a wreath, AJ <laughs> immediately is like, oh, dude, that I can't was the wait. first thing I noticed. Of Forget course. that. Did anyone else notice what colors he had on? He had on Yankee colors, by the way. Gray hat. Navy sweater, uh, sweater. It's cold, man. Listen. The guy's cold. <laughs> you think that's a sign? Is that no, what you're that telling us? That might have us? been a clue. That might yeah. have been a Easter egg. Listen, I wanted to know what I'm, I was getting hungry, man. I, I'd like to have somebody cooking for me. That was nice. Yeah, Todd was it, right. Notice this is actually the personality differences as I'm up here this week instead of usually being down there with AJ. AJ immediately goes to the wreath to go after him for being up there um, weeks after Christmas. And you're immediately looking like, what are we cooking up here behind the scenes? Let's go.